Super Talk Mississippi media production. William Carey University Athletics. Every sport you find inside Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. This is Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. We're covering everything William Carey University Athletics. From the field to the court and the diamond on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Hey there and happy new year to all you Crusader fans out there listening. Welcome again to Crusader Talk 2024 edition. I'm Caleb Hamill joined by Josh West and Will Tony here in our Super Talk Hattiesburg studio. Glad to begin a new year with another half of an athletic season as we have had tremendous uh, conversations throughout the 2023 year and store for a lot here in 2024 as we've got basketball still going on now. We've got baseball and softball to look forward to and a whole lot more beach volleyballs ahead. And the Golf. best thing about it is, especially tonight, basketball's inside. Yes, it is. <laughs> we we are going to be in the teens yeah. next week for Lowe's. Yeah, get out your little uh, water faucet covers outside. Get, yeah. get ready to put the pets indoors and yep. all that stuff. Drip your faucets at night, all that good stuff. Well, with a, a brand new year and we're talking basketball and all things like that, time to bring back in one of our favorite correspondents that we've had on the show the Dean of Behavioral Sciences. I'm trying to remember all the different words. But Dr. Frank Baugh is his name, and he's here uh, representing William Carey not only in his dean's role, but also as a sports psychologist. Uh, he's been a faculty rep for William Carey in the NAIA. All kinds of different hats Dr. Baugh has worn over the times uh, that he's been at William Carey. And I remember back in the first time that we brought him on the show, he said, don't call me Dr. Baugh, call me Frank. So, Frank, welcome in. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back, and uh, just uh, glad everybody, or I hope everybody's inside. <laughs> yes, we are safe and sound indoors. Hopefully the power stays on. My my friends uh, in the energy division are doing their best to make sure that happens, but uh, we're all good right here for the time being. Well, Dr. Baugh, as we kind of bring you in here, last time we had you on, we were talking a lot about baseball and the world of sports psychology surrounding that. And I thought it would be uh, apropos to bring you in before we get into that season again. And I know you played baseball, so that was naturally where the conversation led. But as we kind of work our way through some of the cross seasons, as we just got through soccer and basketball's bleed over, we're about to approach February when baseball and basketball are all together. Is that a busy time of year for you too? Uh, we didn't care. You know, it's, it's always a busy time of year. But you know, coming back into the uh, new year. Uh, we're right in the middle of our winter trimester, so uh, yeah, we're we're uh, we're going fast and and hard like our like our athletes and our coaches are. Yeah. By the way, appreciate you joining us here uh, with the first day of school in session today. So that was a pretty busy day that we t- chose to bring you on. But we thank you for clearing your schedule and helping make this uh, a possibility tonight. Uh, I want to bring things in uh, to this just to start off, as it's kind of on my mind right here. Some of what sports psychology has to do is with situations within games. Every now and then, it lends itself to some counseling moments and uh, some of the better mental health aspects uh, as it retain, uh, pertains to athletes and one thing that we haven't gotten a chance to discuss with you about has been you know with women's soccer making it all the way to the national final uh, and falling in their only game so far uh, in 
period in their season. Uh, it's a tough thing to see a program go through that, and now they've been through it twice in the last few years. It's got to be hard on some of those uh, athletes that are on the women's soccer program, and it makes the job kind of difficult for those that they rely on, and I feel like when it comes to psychology, that's something where a lot of people like you get to step in. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think first of all, it's just, again, to congratulate uh, Coach Owens and the Lady Crusader, Crusaders in, in that uh, fantastic season, and, and yeah, it, it it had to be heartbreaking for them to uh, to drop their uh, only game in, in the national uh, championship game. But uh, I wasn't able to be there, but I was able to watch the live stream. Um, and 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 they just they played their hearts out. Uh, but you hate to see the result, uh, and uh, so that's why it's so important. When I'm working with athletes, and I, and I think it's pretty consistent for uh, most sports psychologists is, is, and even coaches now, you hear them talking about it, is, is the focus on the, uh, on the process of being the best, uh, in this case, best soccer player that, that you can be. Um, yeah, we all want the outcome, especially in sports. That, that, that's how, unfortunately, how athletes and coaches get measured in, in teams and sports programs. Um, but, you know, the, the athletes and coaches know that's part of it. Um, uh, but when you're too tied to the outcome, it, it can it can make you feel like a season like the Crusaders had uh, was all for naught because of one game. And of course, we know we know that that's not the case. And, and of course, that's not Coach Owen's message, nor nor is that the uh, the, the general uh, thought process of of our student athletes in, in that on that team or, or across the program. He's Dr. Frank Baugh. Uh, Frank, this is Josh West. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, not being too tied up to the result, uh, especially in a day and age where social media, 24-hour news cycle, everybody is constantly connected. You, you'll hear about athletes you know, detaching from social media a lot. Is that something you encourage athletes to do throughout the entirety of their competitive season so that they don't get too caught up in the highs or lows? I think you see a lot of coaches encouraging, particularly in the collegiate level, encouraging their athletes to, to do that. Um, for me, I think it's kind of individual, you know, and it's really the athlete knowing their own mental makeup um, and, and, and knowing – what are their triggers in terms of, you know, do I get too focused on what other people are saying? Do I take that to heart too much? Does it, does it serve as a distraction? I, we hear that um, all the time, uh, coaches uh, on the national level talking about distractions, distractions, uh, um, you know, and, and trying to minimize that. So, so I think it's, it, it's probably a, a step to move towards, you know, uh, being able to control your your social media use, I know mental health wise uh, across uh, every population, particularly the youth in our country and, and, and around the world, the research is starting to show. Um, you know, too much social media uh, certainly can uh, can hamper uh, mental health as, as well as effectiveness in a variety of areas. So, yeah, I think I think student athletes really have to. Uh, make a choice about how they're going to use that. There's certainly positive benefits to that. We know that with the uh, NIL, um, you know, uh, having an audience, having having a voice um, can be a very positive thing. You can impact a lot of people that way uh, in a very positive manner. You certainly can increase your marketability uh, in that way. But, but again, is it a tool that you're using for your own health 
for the health of others and to become more effective, or is it something that's taking away from your effectiveness and, and your own quality of life? Um, and so when I talk to athletes about that, that that's one of the things that we're that I want to explore with them is is what is the impact on you? And it's just like any other uh, external factor that they may deal with, you know, uh, that that may become a problem or maybe an asset. Well, Frank, before we run out of time, I feel like this first segment is flying by here. we still got about two and a half minutes or so, but I want to kind of bring things around to basketball just uh, because we're right in the thick of that season, just like Kerry's in the thick of their winter trimester. Uh, With the players that come into your office uh, these days, I want to know, one, what is it like as far as the different aspects of the game that you're able to walk them through? And two, one of the things that has been pointed out to me as far as William Carey's men's team has been uh, their mentality when playing teams with lesser records or playing teams that they have a big lead on of trying to finish the deal sometimes they play down to their opponents is that ever a conversation that you get to have with athletes about how to mentally prepare for those situations I think that you know that's one of those conversations that again is individual, but I, I have those conversations with uh, or have had those conversations with a lot of coaches. Um, I think that's that's one of the things that coaches focus on quite a bit is is how to help their athletes uh, maintain their intensity no matter who the opponent is. And and, and quite honestly, guys, um, I, I think any of us in a in any sort of performance area. Uh, whether that be at our work, academics, athletics, uh, music, all, all, all kinds of performance uh, activities, um, we're always having to struggle with uh, with the energy level that we bring to mm. to the table. Um, it's it's a lot easier for most of us to, in terms of athletics, basketball, or what sport. Uh, to get up for the big game, you know, your your conference rival or the number one team in the country or, or whoever it is, someone that just beats you, you know, uh, two times in a row and, and, and you're just trying to keep them from having a three-peat against you. Um, that that sometimes is easier. Being the underdog, um, we see that a lot uh, uh, in sports, you know, it's sometimes easier than, than being the team that is the number one team that, that everyone is uh, gunning for and, and trying to come after. It, it's hard to maintain that intensity. Um, but again, it, I think it goes back to that, that process. Um, certainly teams have to prepare for their opponent, but uh, in doing that, uh, it's less about the opponent. It's more about myself. What, what do I need to be do to be successful in this moment, day in and day out, to maintain that consistency? Um, it's, no matter who's lined up against me, whether it's um, – I, I know uh, Coach Hallford used to talk about it. It doesn't matter if you're playing you know, Spring Hill College or you're playing Mississippi State or the New York Yankees. Um, you know, you, you need to go out there and do certain things to be effective and to be successful. And I think across all sports and all, across all performance areas, I think that's true. But it's a challenge. It, it's difficult. If it was easy, uh, we wouldn't be talking about it. It certainly is a challenge, and it's also a challenge for us to get so much crammed into just one segment that we have with you. Dr. Ball, Frank, thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening. I hope you have a good rest of your Monday as well. Thank you, guys. I enjoyed it. All right. He is Dr. Frank Ball, the Dean of Natural and Behavioral Sciences at William Carey. When we come back, we'll wrap uh, not wrap up. We will continue the conversation, recap some basketball action that happened over this past week as Crusader Talk continues. Talking everything William Carey University Athletics. This is Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. 
Back here with you on Crusader Talk. You're on this Monday evening. Glad you're with us. I feel like a lot of you are joining us in podcast form as you listen because I feel like a lot of eyes and ears are on the college football national championship game rather than with your ear tuned to the radio. But if you are listening live, we're happy to have you. We're allowed to do score updates, right? Uh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it'll be kind of null and void to the podcast audience, but yeah, it's, but it's fine for everybody listening to their well, cars. Well, Michigan just scored for the second time. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the Michigan fans, I, I have some at work that were Michigan fans long before they were you know, who they are now. Right. Um, yeah, they were with Michigan through the, the low years, you know, with Rich Rod and after Rich Rod. And there were quite a few years there. There were a handful <laughs> of years there. Um, but now they've had this big research. It's in Washington's you know, proven to be a, a contender now. And I've gonna, been impressed with Washington. I, I really have, too. They're, they're kind of that air raid team that uh, State abandoned uh, this past year. And guess what? They get Will Rogers next they year. They do. They do. We uh, we were hearing some musings about that happening uh, back when Josh and I were covering the state championships. We heard that that was a possible stop for him and turned out to indeed be the one that he landed on. Uh, nevertheless, with uh, William Carey over this past week, we'll break down some of uh, what we got to see and hear over the weekend. Crusaders had a couple of games, both on the women's basketball and men's basketball side. A perfect 2-0 start to 2024 for Coach English's women's squad and then Coach Knight and his men's team uh, split between Bruton Parker and Middle Georgia State. And you heard me ask that question to Dr. Baugh about maintaining leads or playing down to your opponent. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a feeder that would transition us into this time because Bruton Parker was a team that had a 4-9 and nine record coming into Clinton Gym on Thursday. One of those four wins was a forfeiture, a game they never even played, but officially goes as a win on their schedule. Right. So you're talking about three games all year that they've actually competed in and scored more points than their opponent. No SSAC wins uh, and coming to Clinton Gym and beat the Crusaders by more than one possession as well, I might add. And uh, it, that was kind of a shock because the Crusaders had been playing pretty well. They had, and it's kind of been a little bit of a skid. You know, they closed out 2023 on a sour note at Loyola. Yeah. That was a game where they should have been more competitive. I'm not saying they should have won the game, but they should have been a lot more competitive. It, it was just a game where they really fell flat. But against Bruton Parker, they lose 81-77. to And it's a game where it looks so similar to when the Crusaders went down to Pineville, Louisiana, and lost to Louisiana Christian. Uh, LCU was a team that also had kind of a subpar record, a subpar start to 2023. And Coach Knight would tell you straight from the locker room that his guys played down to the opponent. They got too caught up in the record ahead of playing this game and were not ready for the firepower that they saw when they got there on the hardwood. Yeah, but Coach Knight talked about this team in particular, how well they look getting off the bus. He talked about how impressive when you just watch film on Bruton Parker. That was a game yeah. he was concerned about for weeks. Right. And it's just funny how coaches have that sixth sense that – yeah, this this could be one we've got to be concerned about for that very reason, and unfortunately, it turned out to be the case. It did, and it gave credit. I mean, Bruton Parker shot lights out in Clinton Gym, which yeah, I never really thought about before. But Clinton Gym is kind of a shooter's gym. You know, you don't have those ab- abyss 
type areas behind the goal where your depth perception gets thrown off. That's you have a right. pretty flat wall that you're shooting against, so it's yeah. pretty easy to square that up. The gym's not too deep side to side with a stance to where the ball gets lost when you shoot from the corners either. It's a pretty friendly gym for visitors. and Not when sudden, it's packed and loud. Well, <laughs> that is true. But Bruton Parker in the game shoots 52% from the floor, uh, which was well above their season average. And Coach Knight told me pregame that one of his biggest emphases uh, coming out of last calendar year was defense. He said they didn't really work on offense as they came back from the break. And they only had a couple days you know, coming back from New Year's to really get prepared for this game. But it, the needs were pretty evident in that game against Bruton Parker uh, as defense was needed and it didn't really show up in, in the times that they truly needed it. So William Carey, after they let Bruton Parker shoot 52%, they themselves only shoot 37.7% from the floor. Uh, led in scoring by Earl Smith and Colby Moore. Uh, finally, a game where it's not Smith and Brumfield as the two leading scorers. Uh, but you saw some bright spots from guys. You know, Colby Moore is a guy that's kind of one of those silent leaders uh, behind the scenes to help make things happen, especially defensively and with ball movement. Uh, makes four threes in the game. Uh, goes six of eleven from the field. Uh, comes through with six rebounds as well in route to sixteen points. Uh, really helped the Crusader cause out. But it's going to be one of those losses that kind of stings a bit and really, I think, messes with the SSAC standings as it kind of nullifies the Faulkner win that William Carey had. The Mobile one still is pretty strong. It's a big resume booster uh, and is a big tiebreaker possibly atop the SSAC standings. But kind of that nice surprise win at Faulkner, a game where you probably weren't as favored, now kind of pales whenever you add in the Bruton Parker loss to it. Yeah, but again, not not playing this season really for style points per se. You're, you you really need to win the tournament when it comes to tournament time. So with that said, it's all about seeding. It's trying to get buys for the tournament. And then it's also Bruton Parker's not a team you're going to have to worry about winning a tiebreaker over. So you're beating some of the teams that you could find yourselves in those tiebreaker scenarios. So I'm kind of the glass half full on this yeah. because if you're going to lose one uh this is one you i'd say you can afford to um because of just the way that the tournament is set up this year just one team getting in from the ssac this year is that correct or is it going to be a two-bid league i'd have to double check because i want to say that because i know in baseball because the ssac expanded this year that baseball will be getting two bids now but i don't know if that carries over to basketball so I'll have to double check on that one before I, I confirm. You mentioned glass half full. Uh, the, the the question is not is the glass half full or glass half empty. The question is are you thirsty? See, engineers would say the glass is simply two times larger than it needs to be. But the question still remains. <laughs> I like that. The question, the, <laughs> the question remains: Are you thirsty? That's all that matters at that point. Fair enough. Well, I'll tell you what, Bruton Parker was thirsty and hungry enough to come into Clinton Gym and get that win, uh, winning 81-77. to But William Carey's men's team would bounce back in a couple days and win over Middle Georgia State. Also a team very similar to Bruton Parker as far as their pedigree this year is concerned. They were 0-6 coming off of a loss to Mobile. That will wear down anybody playing the Rams, especially on the road down yeah. in Mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but – uh, Crusaders are able to capitalize, hold on to a lead. 
but it was one of those where you started scratching your head as you start going through that game. Kerry held a 29-point lead or 28-point lead at some point in the game. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Middle Georgia State hits uh, half-court three at the end of the first half to narrow it to 25 points. Um, Kerry would expand back out. I think it was a 29-point lead was the largest they had in that game. But all of a sudden, Middle Georgia State would just start chipping away at it. Kerry mm-hmm. would just start getting lackadaisical or just trying to rush possessions and really did not play as tough defensively as they had been during the game. And I'm telling you guys, if they don't start looking ahead or if they start looking ahead and just counting wins before the final horn has been sounded, it's going to cost them some key conference games and may cost them a conference tournament game, mm-hmm. which is one of the most important games that we could get to later on in the season. Oh, yeah. And and, I, and for me, when I when I read that, the first thing that jumped off to me when I saw the final score, and then I saw they do that without Earl Smith, and my question was, how was Earl Smith? So Earl Smith was uh, a pallbearer in a cousin's funeral over the oh, weekend. Bru- that's, that's brutal. But he physically is okay. He I physically mean, is okay. That's good news, but under those circumstances, that's that's terrible. Well, and you know, talking about sports psychology, one of the things of the locker room on that Saturday ball game was we got to win this one for Earl since he can't be here. Right. And I think he may have given the team a charge too before he left, saying y'all can't lose without me there. You know, so there was a little bit of motivation added to that, which may have helped overcome the the lackadaisicalness of playing a, a team that was zero and six in the conference. What was your take on the play of Zandon Harrelson? He goes off for sixteen. He steps up with sixteen and eight in twenty four minutes. Listen, his first four threes went down all in a row. He he was a perfect four for four to start off the game, and it was a thing of beauty. He was absolutely filling the basket, and he wasn't the only one that was having a terrific day. Uh, Kerry was able to find John Rawls, feed him down low whenever they had a, a better matchup in the post. Uh, were able to link up with him, and he just would body up on defenders and just lay it in. He drew a couple fouls, made some free throws. Him, Harrelson, and I want to say Caden Laws all had season highs in point totals in that game. Landon Shouse, too. Make it four. Laws goes for 20 points, four rebounds. That's terrific. And he fouled out for, uh, I think, the the 12th straight game. Not 12, but (laughs) at least three straight. Be nice, Caleb. Uh, Loyola, (laughs) Bruton Parker, and now Middle Georgia State. He's fouled out. I'm serious in that regard. Three straight games he's fouled out, and I think that made either four or five in total. Yeah, Dalton State and Suno were the other two. So five straight games uh, where number five is fouled out. We'll see if he changes things up uh, later on in the season. But they've got a big game against UT Southern coming up. We'll preview that later on in the show. But next we'll talk about women's basketball. We've had a 2-0 start to 2024. More to come as we continue with Crusader Talk. From the coaches to the student athletes and the fans that cheer them on, you're listening to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Crusader Talk Unplugged can be found on... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, nobody wants to hear what goes on in the breaks. That could be a great premium option for a, a couple different places. Yeah, like... I'm sure there are a bunch of different schools that offer plus options or stuff. You could, <laughs> that could be a fun thing just to hear the broadcasters during the breaks. 
There are some things you don't want to hear us say. We don't. We don't talk bad about people. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. Not living anyway. It, it, but you know, some some of the facts that Caleb will drop on us in the break uh, makes it hard to come back in the next segment with a straight face. That's a good thing we're not on video. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the Crusaders. Have a week of athletics ahead of them. We'll head to Pulaski, Tennessee on Tuesday where they'll face UT Southern, formerly uh, Martin Methodist. They are now known as the Firehawks, which I, I just now am putting together that all of the UT system athletic programs, minus the Vols in Knoxville, are some form of bird theme. You have UT Chattanooga, the Mocks, Mockingbirds, uh, UT Martin, the Skyhawks, and now UT Southern, the Firehawks. I like it. I like it. I like the color scheme. I like the orange. I like the the UT system. So it's going to be fun. Going to be fun to make that trip up there tomorrow. And um, shifting gears, back you know back to basketball and to the the team that went two and zero last week. Um, when we spoke earlier today, you said Coach English's squad. You talked about it at the top getting the couple of wins last week. You said they kind of got their groove back. It, it, does this look like the women's team you saw at the beginning of the season? Uh, defensively, absolutely. Uh, I text you during the game against Spruton Parker. Guys, oh. I have never in my life witnessed something like this, and I never will again. And, Will, I don't know if you know where I'm going with I don't, this. but I'm interested in hearing Oh, it's it. good. It's another good uh, – this is a good stat. So, uh, this speaks – Truthfully about William Carey's defense, but a lot about how Bruton Parker's women's team plays their style of game. They're kind of live and die by the three-pointer. Okay. One for 34 in half number one. One. They made one. For 34. No, and that was in the three-pointer. at some point. One got, basket. At, 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 uh, well, timeout. You said one for 34 total? Total. Yeah, out of all baskets. Out of first all half. baskets. Single digits, first half. Single digits. I mean, I've seen eighth grade teams that shoot better than that. <laughs> I thought I had seen high school teams that played uh, better than that as well, but evidently there are still some out there that don't shoot it quite as well either. Because oh my gosh. did y'all see over the weekend? Hey, we're going to get back to Carrie in just a second. Did y'all see the Callaway versus Warren Central High School girls score? I no. did. I did. 102 to 9. Are you. <laughs> I, and my apologies who, to anybody who a, from Vicksburg listening. Who was, who was the team that had nine? You'll never guess this. He just flashed it up to you on his phone. I have no idea. It was Warren Central. Who typically Central. is not bad. That's a yeah, 6 a team. Right. But Callaway puts 102 on them. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. 102 to Niner. Did you throw a yeah. Niner in there? <laughs> Hey, you did that to me when we were doing a SSAC got, tournament ball, too. You got a C note plus a deuce and a niner. That's a <laughs> niner. Uh, little, that, but that's that's exactly tidy, a tidy, tidy 93-point win. Yeah. But that's exactly how it felt watching William Carey uh, play Bruton Parker on Thursday in women's basketball. I mean, to, now granted, they had free throws to go with it. So, you know, they weren't just – Eight points. Yeah. One half. Eight points. For each has. quarter. And, but granted, and Carey didn't shoot that great either for the first half. But but here's the thing. When, when you have a half like that, you go into the locker room at halftime, there's two ways that it can go. Either up or you're just like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the only two ways this can go. It was a 35-point win. It was a 67-32 win for the Crusaders. And 
Uh, I would think that was just what they needed, though, uh, Caleb, to get the get the good vibes going. Um, they needed some rest. They needed a break. You know, sometimes you just got to get away from the game, get away from practice for a couple of days. And and from what I can tell you, and you mentioned this, Caleb, you said the slow start because of the way the schedule laid out is not going to be so critical for the Lady Crusaders. They'll they'll bounce back. They'll be fine. And so now they're back to five hundred. So that makes this weekend to not be below 500. You don't have to win both, but you want to at least split that means on the road this weekend. This weekend is game one. Absolutely. They're at five. Fresh, this fresh start. One. Fresh yeah. start. But if you can go win two, then you're 11 and three. You're five and three in the league. You're in the upper half of the league. And yeah. now you've got some momentum. Absolutely. You do. And so with that, just to kind of look ahead at what UT Southern has done in women's basketball this season. Um, they're three and nine overall. Two conference wins so far. Two and five in the SSAC. Their wins are over Stillman, got a seventy-one to sixty-four win, and one over Blue Mountain Christian, who's really struggled here early on in the season, winning seventy-seven to fifty. But outside of that, it's been kind of slow going for UT Southern. They lost at Faulkner, lost at Point. Um, uh, what else? Loss versus Life University. Not a, a big margin of losing there. They lost 68-61 to 61, um, at the hands of the Eagles. But yeah, that said, they lost to Bruton Parker. Granted, it was at Bruton Parker. They lost 63-55. to 55. And this should be, and I, knock on wood here, but this should be one of those games where William Carey should handle it with ease as long as they are healthy and playing their game like they were to start off the year. Now, look, we talked to Frank a couple of segments ago. <laughs> I don't, and, and they shouldn't listen to this podcast <laughs> until after the game Tuesday. Right. Uh, maybe you should delay posting it since they're outside the FM way. I don't right want to get the call not, from Dr. Burnett. <laughs> we're not getting him in trouble. I don't want to get the call from Dr. Burnett because I, I, I know what's going to happen. He's going to call my immediate supervisor. He's going to give Dr. Burnett my number. Now I don't it's, want that call. Now it's will Dr. Burnett, at this point in the pro, uh, podcast, send a text to mute it <laughs> for three or four days until after. So I've heard it. I got to listen. Let's mute that. Let's just put that. Uh, we'll repost on right. you know, Thursday, <laughs> yeah. 7 o'clock, right after, right after the game goes final. Oh, yeah. boy. But uh, – so with that, I really think you know Kerry has a good opportunity to start off three and zero in two thousand twenty four, um, possibly even four and zero with how Blue Mountain Christian's been playing lately as well. Um, but to kind of put another bow on the Brute Parker matchup and then look ahead to Middle Georgia State, what they did there, uh, really like to play from different players off the bench. Really got to see uh, a lot of those that don't normally get minutes uh, be out there on the floor. In fact, Lauren Rowley and Deidre, or not Deidre Cuevas, but uh, Chanel Corpus did not get uh, hardly 20 minutes combined between the two of them. Uh, excuse me, not 40 minutes combined between the two of them. Uh, so you saw a lot of players out there. Uh, Rose Warren played for just 21 minutes, but you saw people like Deidre Cuevas step in. She goes a perfect six for six from the floor uh, en route to 12 points to lead all scorers for William Carey. And I'm really impressed with her. She's a 6-2 forward out of past Christian Mississippi, played at past Christian High School. Uh, and those are quality minutes for her in SSAC play. I really like what she brings to the floor as Carey kind of struggled a little bit with their post game uh, against Loyola. Uh, 
Corpus hasn't been quite as effective as teams are starting to figure out her game down low. The added height from Cuevas is a force to guard down there in the low post. And and I really think it's an added weapon that you don't get from putting in Corpus and Blakeney, which Blakeney's great too. Don't get me wrong. Blakeney's great. Um, But having Cuevas there to back them up too is a whole other layer of depth. Well, Blakeney's ability to go inside out, to be that that kind of a slash player post and can hit the mid-range. I love her in the short corner with that 10 to 15, 12-footer post up. I say post up, but face-up shot where she faces up. And it's not a jump shot. It's a set shot. She's able to face up. They're they're not wanting to give her the ability to get to the rim off the bounce. They give her a little space. She just pulls up and knocks down that shot in your face. You just mentioned something that that you don't hear often anymore, and that's she's taking a set shot and not a jump shot. Right. You don't see a set shot very much anymore in in basketball to me why the jump shot there was a player for my for one of my teams that had a i don't say gruesome ankle injury but one of those two to three week roll your ankle pop it real good swells up like a softball right she took a wide open jump shot from three-point range came right down on the, the player closed out when she closed out and turned, the, she comes right down on the side of her foot, and you just saw it. Oh, in slow motion on ESPN, you just saw the pop, and you're going, oh, great. She's out of the lineup. She's our leading scorer. Right. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. So if you don't have to, if it's just there, why do it type thing? I mean, if you've got the set shot, it, take the set shot. It's just become so natural to players these days to, to take a jump shot. I don't ever see anybody take a set shot anymore. Right. Well, she's got the ability because of her height. Right. Because so she's she's got that ability. But you mentioned Day Day. That's huge because she needed that first half of her first season to find out where she was going, to learn the offense, to learn her rotations, uh, to learn defensively probably as much as anything where she needs to be defensively in their presses, um, learn the plays, learn the baseline out-of-bounds plays, sideline out-of-bounds plays. Once she is not thinking, because you see it so often, they're thinking and so they're playing slow because you can see the wheels turning Mm -hmm. and you can tell that it's bogging them down. Once she's able to just play, She's just too athletic, and she dominated at the high school level. So once she gets used to this level, she got a chance to be really good. She really does, and there's a lot of youth on this team. I mean, both you know, Cuevas and uh, oh my God, Corpus are both freshmen on this team, both from kind of the coastal area of Mississippi. That makes you feel good. And you know, high praise to Coach Garriga in her recruiting efforts to find these players and lock them in to play William Carey Crusader basketball. I mean, it's it's great to see such talent out there on the floor, and there's a there's a lot to look forward to, even if you're not just locked in on this year, even the years to come. And that carried over not just into the Brute Parker game, but into Middle Georgia State as well. A 30 point victory for William Carey, 80 to 50. Yeah. I've got to hear about the near triple double from Rose Warren. <laughs> yes, because I mean triple double. We, we've seen there been there's there was a triple double in Hattiesburg across town this week. Yeah, well the there was there was one in Clinton Gym years. too. I didn't even okay. mention Dylan Brumfield had a triple double against Middle Georgia State. Okay, ten assists uh, and then double digit rebounds and points as well. But this is this is the Rose Warren from Puckett High School. Mm-hmm. This is the Rose Warren yes. who had all that confidence, yep. never missed. And then earlier in her career at the collegiate level, it was if she forgot how to shoot. Again, I think overthinking it maybe a little bit. It got yep. in her head. This has been a fresh start for her. She looks like the player we remember from high school. Yeah, she does. I mean, 
Even Madeline Ladner had a double-double against uh, Bruton Parker. Uh, you look at Rose Warren's stats. I mean, she's played terrific here lately. I mean, we could break that down a little bit further as we're up against the break for here in the third segment. But uh, when we continue, we'll finish up conversation about uh, women's basketball and looking ahead this week to what's on the horizon and also award our Seder of the Week as we wrap up Crusader Talk with you next here on the new year. to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Final segment with you here on Crusader Talk is to begin a whole new year. Man, I can't believe we made it through a whole year of Crusader Talk and having you on board as well. And we recapped a lot of fun that we had over the last calendar year with the World Series birth for William Carey. I was going to say, we're coming up on one year of doing this show uh, yeah. here on Super Talk. Yeah, it's really good. It, it started was, in March. Is that right? I want to say that's right. So and not a full year. So we're close. Crusader Talk, but close to it now. Can, can we we'll have, have to a, go to season two. Can we have a, a moment of mourning for one of our founders, Ben Milam, if you haven't seen what happened to... He's alive, y'all. Don't, don't, if we, don't let Josh if you. He, Yeah, If you haven't seen what happened to the Warhawks on Saturday at Georgia Southern, it I, was all I, over X. Did you hear I about it? I didn't see what happened, but I, oh. I, I, I saw a tweet from Missy. It, I, was, it was a layup with four and a half seconds. The players celebrating, backpedaling down the floor. They throw it up. ULM throws it out towards half court. The girl in. steals it. There's still four seconds left. She could have taken two dribbles and shot. No, she just throws it up from like half court and it goes in. ULM was nine seconds away from an not an upset on the road, but a win on the road. Right. Against and a conference they, team. And they lose. Yeah. I would have loved Brutal. to heard Ben's call on that. I, I've got it if you want to listen to it later. But uh, Was he in complete and utter <laughs> He had to be. Yeah, it, it was a pretty, pretty shocking moment. Um, yeah, I, I and there was a lot of you know, commotion, and they went to the monitor and had to add a couple seconds back to the clock. But it was only like point nine, so there was nothing. They were yeah, able she to threw do it up. So, okay, so she threw it up so quick it wasn't even a buzzer beater. Yeah, it banked in, and there was still time left. And, and, and insane shot. I, mean, I didn't read the tweet or anything, but I saw that there were a whole lot of retweets and shares and stuff. Something that Missy posted, oh. and I was just like. This is either really, really good or really, really One bad. of the f- just freakiest finishes you will ever see. Yeah. So glad I didn't have to do that. I got to call three I mean, or four wins. I felt bad. I felt genuinely I, I tried to call them afterward because I, I just saw the little stats feed later. I didn't realize how truly shocking it was. I mean, I, I just saw buzzer beater. I didn't see the layup followed by the buzzer beater until I went back and by listened to By the same person. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> we that's just ridiculous. lost. We just lost Will. <laughs> Will just, just went down. Head went down. And, 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 and we were talking off air about. Oh. Thank goodness we're talking about basketball now because I understand. I understand so little about soccer. I, I actually do understand basketball. Oh. I, I played at one so point. So you know how I, brutal. I, I, yeah, and, and and so so especially, you know, the highest level I played was junior high, but. Uh, because honestly, let, let's face it, I'm short and fat, and everybody else was bigger than me. Um, but knowing the agony of defeat when it comes to something like that in basketball, that's 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 tough, man. 
and that's one where whenever we revisit Ben and have her length of time and Ben checks in with us. If he shows his face again, yeah. Oh, look. <laughs> I got a chance. We had the group text. I text, and I just said, hey, man, we're listening on the way to the game. You're yeah. sounding great. We'll, we'll put him on, and we'll listen, because it's just a yeah. just a great listen. It's just a great listen. They're playing well. They've got a great team, and so it's great to listen to Ben call the games. And so we got out, and I kind of thought it was in the bag. Not the game. They kind of had a lead, right. playing well on the road, and I just thought they were going to get this thing done. And then I saw that, and I went, brutal. Well, basketball is a fickle sport, man. Oh, no lead very is safe. Fickle. For example, there was a game, a, a game with the other university in town. I took my kids to Saturday, and we left about midway through the second half because the six-year-old was just way too anxious. The big big kid had a gift card he wanted to go spend, so we're we're, we're sitting at the bookstore. He's getting whatever he wants, and I'm I'm watching my phone, and I'm just like, okay, okay, and then little one was just way too obnoxious and so i had to focus all my attention on him i get in the truck crank it up and it's the post game show and i, I could tell it was and they had not said the score so i pull it up on my phone I was like wow okay <laughs> i'll take it yeah but, uh yeah we're not gonna go too deep into that but well what he's saying is is that you can lose to a winless team and a week later beat an undefeated team <laughs> absolutely yes. You can. <laughs> the fickleness of basketball. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, one thing that has not been fickle has been uh, the playing of these uh, Lady Crusaders, and they're going to look to improve this week. We mentioned Rose Warren going into the break. Uh, nearly had a, a triple-double if she could have increased her rebounding total. She got a double-double in way of points and assists. Don't always see that. It's always no. almost always points and rebounds. Yeah. But she had a 10 assists, 18 points, and then six rebounds against Middle Georgia State. That's a good night, man. Yeah, it was a good night. Uh, but with being the only triple-double in town, I say in town, in William Carey, there's two triple-doubles in town, uh, i got to give Crusade of the Week to Dylan Brumfield. Yeah, I, absolutely. With those 10 assists that he had against uh, Middle Georgia State. He earned it. Well, he then with, it and without Earl Smith, he yes. truly leads the team on Saturday to get the split for the weekend. That was huge. Yep. And so with that, William Carey will be on the road in Pulaski, Tennessee. Josh will be traveling there to cover the Crusaders. You can catch those games online at supertalkhattiesburg.com. We'll also have the men's game live for you simulcast on 97.3 FM. And then Saturday, it is William Carey versus Blue Mountain Christian at 12-2, and two, women's and men's games. The games against UT Southern will be at 5.30 and 7.30, women's and men's respectively. Guys? Been a good start to the new year. Glad to have y'all here along with it. Oh, for it. Yeah, yeah. off and running. A lot, lot, lot of fun. Look forward to another year. That's it. For Will Tony and Josh West, I'm Caleb Hamill. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. Until next time, good night, God bless, and go Saders. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.